Welcome to Drunk Bible Study. This show's mission is to read every single word of the greatest story ever told. A warning to our listeners, the hosts of this show are sinners, but they're doing their best. There will be drinking and there may be some swears. They did say they'd try to keep it clean, but I wouldn't put my money on it. I'm Emily, and this is Drunk Bible Study, where my good friends, Dedeker and Jace, teach me, a born and raised atheist, all about the Bible. I am so pumped today, you guys. Also, we're all wearing shades of, like, pink slash red. Ooh. Yeah. Just notice that. We're coordinated for the Lord. Maybe that's the the theme color for Second Chronicles. We are coordinated. (laughs) The the last. The last of the Old Testament, y'all. Yeah. I'm probably going to say this a lot throughout the entire reading, or I'm just going to be like, gosh, can we just get over it with it? (laughs) But I, it's really been a journey. We've, we've very much like come a long way. Yeah. We're we're very blessed. Yeah. I remember starting the Old Testament, stars in my eyes, (laughs) a song Mm. in my heart. Wow. And here I am more with maybe, I don't know, garbage grapes in my eyes Mm. and... Mm. An upset mm. stomach. Garbage grapes. <laughs> yes, in your tummy. <laughs> That's okay, though. You know, we've learned a lot. For some reason, I don't know, when I, when I think about being a young child mm. and, and even imagining the idea of reading the whole Bible or even mm. reading the entire Old Testament, I guess I would have always thought it would be like reading a normal-ass book where you're like, yes, a beginning, middle, and end. Huh. And I come to the end of the Old Testament and wow, what fodder for contemplation and such a preparation for the New Testament. And I don't, I don't think that's where I we're ending up. I don't know that that's going to happen. Here. Like this whole book, there isn't any kind of sense of beginning, middle, end. We just kind of take it or leave it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, just one thing. I think I've asked this before and probably John Michael in the chat will know, but how long do we have between the Old and the New Testament in terms of years? Is it many, many years? Hundreds? Well, so the period of time where I think we got up to at the uh-huh. the latest, and we've kind of rewound back in time a few times, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think the latest we ever were was like 400 BCE-ish, maybe 350, somewhere around there. And then supposedly the New Testament starts at zero, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. 300, 400 years, somewhere got in that it. neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Good to know. Yeah, so we got so we got some time, just some time when you know nobody, nothing happened. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Nothing, nothing happened. No one, nothing, yeah. nothing of interest. You know, it was just a random Tuesday, but for four hundred years straight. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they probably wrote other books, but those books did not make it into the Bible. So yeah, because no, because there was nothing interesting. I guess not. There's literally nothing interesting in those books. They were Goodness deemed too gracious. boring. Yeah, and then finally God was like, you know what? Why don't we sacrifice my only son? <laughs> Sounds great. That'll stir wow. things up. You know what? Let me have a son. Actually, <laughs> first that like yes. let's try this whole son experience. Yeah, right. That'll be fun. Right. <laughs> all y'all down there. Say I it's see great. all these. <laughs> All these humans keep obsessing over firstborn sons. So let me give it yeah. a try and see if it's all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's funny. Somebody in the chat is asking, is that the lady portrait? And yes, Ooh, a newcomer. that is the very famous yeah, yes. lady portrait. Yes. If you are here at the live shows, you're getting to see the lady in all of her glory. And if you're not at the live shows, you're missing out. So come join us for our live shows. If you go to drunkbiblestudy.com slash live, you can get all the information. But yes, she is here watching over us and either approving or disapproving of everything that we do. Mm-hmm. Not always sure which. And maybe cursing us oh, to eternal damnation probably. or perhaps extending our lives, giving us eternal youth. I really hope it's the latter. Ooh. Yeah. Something like that. That's what's happening to Chase. I don't know about the rest of us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think I'm getting the maximum amount of either curses or blessings since she's up on the wall behind me all day, every day. Yeah. Kind of, you know, boring holes in the back of my head. Mm. And uh, it's great. I love her. I'm actually, I've, I've grown very affectionate to the lady over the years. Yes. Yes, she's wonderful. 
Okay, why don't we take this opportunity to ask the audience and ourselves what we're drinking for this wonderful day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me ask myself. Yes. What are you drinking, self? What are you drinking? Well, self, a really rare occurrence has occurred, which is that there's vodka in this household, which normally that's a banned banned materials because Jace cannot drink vodka, uh, but I can. So I'm having just a, a nice little vodka soda. It's quite refreshing. That's lovely. Yeah. I think one of our one of our house guests who was here while we were gone left Got it. it. And so that's why there's vodka in the house. And you're like, whoo, not touching that. But Dedeker's like, I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's how she said it. Exactly. What are you drinking, Jess? So I actually ended up with a drink that's a lot better than I expected it to be. Um, I did not plan ahead for this today. Because I got distracted with some other extremely important things, which you'll learn mm. about in a moment. Ah. Uh, but I saw that I had some Captain Morgan spiced rum. Okay. I was like, okay, what can I do with this? What do I have to mix it with? And I didn't have a lot, but I just got these blood orange flavored sparkling waters. Mm. And I was like, huh, would that be good? Would it? And so I took a little sip of the rum and a little sip of the of the water <laughs> to like see if they would be good. And I like switched it in my mouth. And it's actually great. It almost kind of tastes like like marshmallows, like those orange marshmallows you get around Halloween time. Uh, it's actually surprisingly good. That's the the poor man's way of freaking like shaking a drink is just throw throw all the ingredients in your mouth and swish it and then My mouth drink is it. A cocktail shaker, <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't want to mix it all. I didn't want to mix it all up first and then decide it sucked. So I decided to do a little sample in my mouth, you know? Amazing. It's hysterical. Wow. What about Beautiful. you on this momentous day? Is your drink yeah. also pink to match all of us? Well, it's it's not. It's the purple. It's my Ooh. indigo Empress Gin. Beautiful. You know, you can buy Empress Gin at Trader Joe's like for really quite cheap comparably. So I got some. Gosh, that Empress has really become a cheap slut these days, huh? Well, is she's a... Uh, she's a lovely lady to have around, mm-hmm. is what I think. So, yeah, I did my gin fizz with Empress just because it sounded great. And it is. Here we are. <laughs> Wonderful. There you mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, disparage the Empress yeah. so much. Yeah. She's she's lovely. No, she's wonderful. But yes, I did, you know, I learned about her through y'all. And then I decided to, mm. to buy her. Yeah. Nice. Again. Yeah. Alrighty. She's great. She is. We doing this? Okay, so... Is it happening? So we're doing Second Chronicles. This is yes. the final book of the Hebrew Bible and of the Old Testament. Whoa. It's very exciting. We're picking up where we left off, where King David was the king, and now he... He did. In the last episode, he had his whole valedictory speech. Stopped. Stopped being king. He passed it off to, to his son Solomon to be cool. And so here's what I ended up getting really distracted doing instead of actually um, working on any of the other important stuff like getting drinks or doing my job, any of those sorts of things. So instead, I... Typical. ...was looking for new music, which you'll hear in a little bit. But while searching for that, I found some music that had a bouge in it. Are you familiar with the bouge? I don't know what a bouge is. But is, that, is a bouge the same as a boah? No, so it's, uh, similar. They're both from movie trailers. They're both movie trailer things. But So the boah is that. The bouge is that sound. Oh, that like okay. super, yeah. you bouge. know. <laughs> Daniel is like, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that anything in my music school <laughs> education <laughs> has taught me about a bouge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I was listening to this one piece of music. It had a bouge in it. And I was just like, oh, I love bouges. <laughs> and I was like, wouldn't that be so cool for a movie trailer? And, you know, we did First Chronicles, a little bit of this like movie trailer kind of theme. And so I ended up working on this little project that I would like to play for you now. Oh, wow. Of course you did. In a harsh land, with enemies at every turn, one man stood above them all. Is that you? He was a man of wisdom, power, and strength, on a mission to finish the work his father wasn't allowed to do. Build a new house for Yahweh. Starring Michael B. Jordan as King Solomon, Angela Bassett as Queen of Sheba, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Yahweh. See the latest epic from the production company that brought you Joshua, Jericho Warriors, The Avenger of Blood, and Isaiah, the musical. Coming to theaters and DBS Plus this summer. 
That's wow. the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. Beautiful. You got some AI on that, huh? I did, yes. Yes, wow. I got some AI voice recreation. Chat GPT. Don, voice. the trailer no, guy. Oh, wow. God. They're just going to take all of our jobs. That was a beautiful boosh. <laughs> Yep. No. So I did actually use ChatGPT to help generate oh. ideas for the script, but I did write the script myself. Nice. And then used AI voices in Descript that have wow. licensed voices that we pay for uh, and uh, made the trailer voice for it and cut that together. How long did that take you? And I was... Like 10 minutes? It actually only took like an hour. Oh, an hour. Okay. It took like an hour. Okay, only okay. an hour yeah. of your time. Did you do that before <laughs> we started today? Yes, I did Got that it. just a okay. couple hours ago today. Got yeah, it. he had to have done it before. No, we started I know, today. but we were we were talking <laughs> the about like of time. Yeah, we were talking about like Michael B. Jordan. Uh, are we going to keep him in? Or are we not? And then we saw the the incredible. Everyone go look, Calvin Klein ad that he just came out with today, and we were like, well, he is staying exactly where he is. He is in our movie again because dear God. Yes, everyone go check it out. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, that was so amazing, here we though. are. That was amazing. Well done. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and I love this idea of just making audio-based trailers for everything now. And it did have a bouge in it, which is really important. Yeah. Very well done. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So now let's actually get into the reading for today, which All is writing. that we're starting on the book of Second Chronicles. We're going to continue on. Solomon's taking over, bringing a new youthful energy to the throne instead of that old fuddy-duddy David. We've got King Solomon all up in here. <laughs> Today, we're going to be reading Second Chronicles chapters 1 through 4, and then some wisdom from the book of Proverbs chapter 10. As we get started, we want to remind everyone to read responsibly and drink responsibly. You can drink along with us, or you can listen to us while you're in the car. But please do not do both at the same time. And with that, it's Second Chronicles, chapter one. Michael B. Strutton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's walking in in the Calvin Klein underwear. Oh, stop. Oh, perfect. Yes. Perfect. Okay, maybe it's Michael B. Jordan playing Solomon, but he's in that Calvin Klein underwear the entire time. The entire time? The entire nobody, time. Nobody would listen to a thing that was happening. They would just like <laughs> be standing there with their mouths open the entire time. Just uh. drooling. Good Lord. Okay. I don't know. I like it. He can be in the underwear and maybe a crown, maybe a robe, and that's it. <laughs> Amazing. That's it. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Okay. Solomon, the son of David, was strengthened in his kingdom, and Yahweh his God was with him and magnified him exceedingly. Solomon spoke to all Israel, to the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and to the judges and to every prince in all Israel, the heads of the father's houses. So Solomon and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, For there was the tent of meeting of God, which Moses, the servant of Yahweh, had made in the wilderness. But David had brought the ark of God up from Kiriath-Jerim to the place that David had prepared for it. For he had pitched a tent for it at Jerusalem. Oh, wow. Yeah, he did. Drink for pitching tents. It's been a while. Yeah, it's our favorite thing. Been a while since we pitched any tents. Mm. Mm -hmm. Many people have been pitching tents today, looking at that ad. (laughs) (laughs) Moreover, the brazen altar that Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, had made, was there before the tent of Yahweh, and Solomon and the assembly sought to it. Solomon went up there to the brazen altar before Yahweh, which was at the tent of meeting, and offered 1,000 burnt offerings on it. Jeez, that's wow. a ton. Boy. My goodness, calm he, down. Well, he's got to do an immediate power move, yeah, right? Yeah. I guess. How old is he? Hot. Okay. Hot, hot age. That's how old he is. He's hot. Yeah. He's he's yeah. just real hot. Okay. But I imagine like, okay, the end of First Chronicles, we spent all that time really sapping out any of Solomon's accomplishments, right? It was all about, this was David's idea. David was the one who set the money aside. David was the one who prepared the materials. David was the one who wrote the instructions, right? So he's like sapped 
all of Solomon's agency. Mm. And Solomon's got to do something to get that back, right? Thousand burnt offerings. He's got to do a thousand mic drops yeah. on the mm. altar. Yeah. 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 Okay. In that night, did God appear to Solomon and said to him, ask what I shall give you. Whoa. I know. Got Yahweh's attention. He does a power move back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Solomon said to God, You've shown great loving kindness to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Yeah, he has. Now, Yahweh God, let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this, your people, that is so great? God said to Solomon, Because this was in your heart, and you've not asked riches, Hmm. wealth, or honor, nor the life of those who hate you, Neither yet have asked a long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I've made you king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted to you. Sweet. And I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had who have been before you. Wow. Neither shall there any after you have the like. I remember this. <laughs> this yes. happened. I, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, look at John Duff said... That a quick Google shows that Solomon was about 20 years old when he became king. I guess you can be hot when you're 20. Like, just coming <laughs> yeah, into your like hotness. A, I guess you could be hot. No, yeah. okay, because there's a lot of factors. I mean, this is a big budget movie. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan can play kind of the, the range, the right? The range, we'll yeah. We'll try to mm-hmm. age him down a little bit, but I yeah. think everyone can Give just Give him a different hairstyle. No, but yeah. you're right, Emily. There's a lot of factors that go into hotness, and I think... Our culture tries to tell us it's only youth no. and looks, but I'm like, Lies. if you're a freaking idiot at the same time, nah. you're not hot. I don't care how many abs you have. Nah, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Wow. So Solomon came from the high place that was at Gibeon from before the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen, and he had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen, and he placed in the chariot cities and with the king at Jerusalem. Uh, That he placed. He placed them in the chariot cities, that thing that exists, and with the king at Jerusalem. The chariot cities. Yeah, he had horse horse cities. Yeah. Whole cities of horses. Oh, yeah. 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 And the, like, outlet malls, and, you know, he had all the different (laughs) cities that he built for different purposes. Yeah. Then this is when we can invite Will Arnett back because he's playing any kind of horse, so. Yes. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Whole city of Will Arnett's. <laughs> oh my God. The king made silver and gold to be in Jerusalem as stones, and cedars made he to be as the sycamore trees that are in the lowland for abundance. The horses which Solomon had were brought out of Egypt and from Ku. Q. K U E. Q. Q. The king's merchants purchased them from Q. <laughs> they brought up and brought out of Egypt a chariot for 600 pieces of silver and a horse for 150. And so for all the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Syria, did they bring them out by their means? Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. I just was looking at the message here, and his last sentence is, Solomon carried on a brisk horse trading business with the Hittite and Aramean (laughs) royal houses. Brisk! (laughs) So brisk. (laughs) Was that his side hustle? I guess. Yeah, it sounds (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so this is interesting because immediately we're doing a recap, like an actual recap, not the bullshit recap that we had of uh-huh. First Chronicles, which actually was just a bunch of new information, which is why we did so poorly on the quiz. Well, a bunch of genealogy information. And that it was a bunch of names, and they were yeah. like, how many children did this random name in a million names have? <laughs> that was the worst quiz, Jess. We need to find a better quiz. Yeah, I blame you for that, Jace. Definitely. That's fair. 100%. I deserve that. So anyways, the fact that we don't have names right off the bat on this, you know, lovely book is so much better. All right, let's start number two. Now Solomon purposed to build a house for the name of Yahweh and a house for his kingdom. Solomon counted out 70,000 men to bear burdens and 80,000 men who were stone cutters in the mountains and 3,600 to oversee them. Oh. Now, uh, hang on a minute here. So if... Stone cutters and bearing burdens. 
Yes. If the previous book, which we kind of suspected maybe was written by people trying to kind of retcon history to make David the cool one, if that were true, that he had set aside all the materials, then Solomon wouldn't need to have 70,000 laborers and 80,000 stone couriers and 3,600 foremen to manage this, right? It seems like a little bit of inconsistency here. That's an interesting point. Well, but maybe... David did set the materials aside, but put them very far away. So you need to hire okay. your own laborers to go get them. <laughs> mm, and I yes, I set aside all this stone, but it's still in quarry form. So. Or maybe that was some bullshit and actually David didn't do anything. <laughs> and David or hmm. David Lover rewrote history in First Chronicles. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I remember one time ages and ages ago, and this was like early days of the internet, reading some kind of nerdy Star Wars blog where someone had written... A, of course. It was very, very tongue-in-cheek. It was meant to be silly, but basically wrote this like summary of Star Wars that retconned Wedge Antilles being responsible for every single victory. What? You know? So like, so like <laughs> as in, oh yeah, the scene in the first movie when, like, when the Millennium Falcon is trying to outrun the blast of the Death Star, Wedge actually swooped in and like and like shot some fire extinguishers out so that the millennial would be able to escape. Like (laughs) that kind of level of silliness. And that's what it reminds me of with this whole retconning David's successes. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just going to wash, you know, First Chronicles from my brain. I don't need to know what happened in that. I don't know. I mean, listen, like, did I learn anything? Not really. Truly. You can't do that. We're going to come away from this knowing everything. I'm not going to know all of those names. It's just not going to happen. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Solomon sent to Huram, the king of Tyre, saying, as you dealt with David, my father, and sent him cedars to build him a house in which to dwell, even so deal with me. Behold, I'm about to build a house for the name of Yahweh, my God, to dedicate it to him and to burn before him incense of sweet spices and for the continual showbread. The continual showbread. Uh, yes. I love the showbread. I love the showbread. Oh, uh, what is, okay, just, is that a title of something? The continual it's showbread? The beautiful bread. <laughs> is it a band? Is it a, mm, I don't know. You know, I, I just, I love it. The, is it. Is it the name of my bakery? Is it the name of my bespoke oh, I like that. bakery? The Continual Showbread? That's, yeah. Oh, that's nice. You got it. Your pop-up bakery? Yes. Ooh, okay, go. yes. So Archipelago Sandwich Pub, they get their sandwich bread uh, is from. provided oh, by yeah. Continual Showbread. The Continual Showbread. <laughs> love, love it. That. And for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the set feasts of Yahweh our God, this is an ordinance forever to Israel. The house which I build is great, for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him a house, seeing heaven and the heaven of heavens can't contain him? It's good. It's good. Good question. (laughs) So many heavens. Who am I then that I should build him a house, save only to burn incense before him? Now, therefore, send me a man skillful to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in iron and in purple and in crimson and in blue. Oh, hold on. Is this all? Hold on. I, this must be... <laughs> Is this multiple men? Solomon Or talking. just one man? I don't know. Oh, it says a man. Yeah. It's like one man who could do all these things. Yeah. Right. The most gifted craftsman. Seriously. And who knows to engrave all manner of engravings to be with the skillful men who are with me in Judah and in Jerusalem, whom David my father did provide. Send me also cedar trees, fir trees, and algum trees. What the heck is that? Out of Lebanon, for I know that your servants know how to cut timber in Lebanon. And behold, my servants shall be with your servants, even to prepare me timber in abundance. For the house which I am about to build shall be great and wonderful. Behold, I will give to you your servants, the cutters who cut timber, 20,000 measures of beaten wheat and 20,000 measures of barley and 20,000 baths of wine (laughs) and 20,000 baths of oil. I can just like see these amazingly, just multitudes of baths filled to the brim (laughs) of oil. Wow. And they just transported in bathtubs that they yeah. just sort of carry between them. It's funny. I just looked up algum to try to find out what kind of tree it is. And yeah. on the Wikipedia entry says, 
a tree or wood mentioned in the Bible in Second Chronicles. So they don't have any clue either. Oh, good. We don't know. So no one has any freaking idea. <laughs> and question, is this whole book written by Solomon? I mean, like, written by Solomon, but... I don't think quote so. Is he just talking here? He's talking a lot. Oh, yeah, I see. And then later it says Solomon numbered all the foreigners. Okay, so... Yeah, I think it's written in third person. So I guess he's just speaking here. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. The Horam, the king of Tyre, answered in writing, oh yeah, which he sent to Solomon because Yahweh loves his people. He has made you king over them. Oh, uh, I guess Horam said that to Solomon. Horam said, moreover, <laughs> blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel that made heaven and earth, who has given David the king a wise son, endowed with discretion and understanding that should build a house for Yahweh and a house for his kingdom. Now, I have sent a skillful man endowed with understanding of Huram, my father's, the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan. And his father was a man of Tyre, skillful to work in gold and in silver, in brass and iron and stone and in timber, in purple and blue and in fine linen and in crimson, also to engrave any manner of engraving and to devise any device that there may be a place appointed to him with your skillful men. So is he, oh, hold on. Okay, yes. is he just actually like a general contractor? This dude? Yeah, maybe it's not him who's doing all this, but he's got the connections. Yeah, well, before it was that he was, he wanted to find this man who's Hurum. super skilled in all these things to like oversee all of the workmen. So I think he's like the one training them maybe or overseeing to make sure they do a good job. He's a general okay. contractor. Yeah. No, that's, a, okay, fine. Whatever. What? I don't, okay. He's an artisan. An artisan. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. well, got it. I see. And with the skillful men of my Lord, David, your father. Now, therefore, the wheat and the barley, the oil and the wine, which my Lord has spoken of, let him send to his servants. And we will cut wood out of Lebanon as much as you shall need. And we will bring it to you in floats <laughs> by sea to Joppa. And you shall carry it up to Jerusalem. Like floats, like a boat? Is that what he means? What does he mean by float? Yeah, like rafts, probably. A boat that floats. Okay. Yeah. Floats. <laughs> They're going to put little, like, inflatable floaties on it and send it down the river. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, like, uh, by a float, I think of, like, something that, you know... Oh, like in a parade? Yeah, like a parade float. Uh, a bunch oh, like of people a, are going to stand on. Like a... Like homecoming queen is going to stand up there sure, and wave or, as she goes, as she floats on by. Yeah, what's that... Uh, Ferris Bueller is going to stand on it. Like that mm -hmm, kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Solomon numbered all the foreigners who were in the land of Israel after the numbering with which David, his father, had numbered them. And they were found 153,600. He set 70,000 of them to bear burdens and 80,000 who were stonecutters in the mountains and 3,600 overseers to set the people at work. Cool. Kind of recap those numbers from the beginning of this chapter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. we do. That's good. That's good. All right, Jess. Here we go. Yeah. Second Chronicles chapter three. Then Solomon began to build the house of Yahweh at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. That was quick. Where Yahweh appeared to David, his father, which he made ready in the place that David had appointed in the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. All right. David had bought the threshing floor at full price. Yes. Let it not be forgotten. Yes. Right. My goodness. He began to build in the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. Now, these are the foundations which Solomon laid for the building of the house of God. Okay, get out your diagrams, everybody. Remember oh, when no. you did that? Get out your graph paper. Yeah. Do you still have that? I, probably somewhere. <laughs> My goodness. Maybe I threw it away. I don't know. Okay. The length by cubits after the first measure was 60 cubits and the breadth 20 cubits. So this is the foundation that we're talking about here. Oh, we're doing this again? <laughs> yep. Didn't we do this? The, <laughs> yep, we've done this. Okay. The porch that was before the house, the length of it, according to the breadth of the house, was 20 cubits and the height, 120. Wow, that's really tall. And he overlaid it with pure gold. Right. Everything's going to be overlaid with pure gold because that's the house that Solomon built. Yeah. Insane. My God. Okay. Gold everywhere? The greater house, okay. he made a ceiling with fir wood, which he overlaid with fine gold. Okay. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and worked thereon palm trees and chains. Chains? You know, those images that go together. 
palm tree <laughs> like, and chains. Like an image of chains? Yeah. Or there were actual, yeah. an image of chains. Right. Okay. So the, this is the ceiling is fir wood overlaid with gold and in that worked into it palm trees and chains. Like no, really metal. Okay. Like Miami metal. It is really metal. Metal but making Miami. Mm, that's because fun. Because it's gold? That's fun. No, because it's palm trees. Oh, that, yeah, of course. A chain, so it's metal. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He he garnished the house with precious stones, so it's also bedazzled. Okay, <laughs> loving this. Oh, uh, and the gold was gold of Parvaim. I'm assuming that's good gold. I hope so. Maybe they got it at a bargain basement bin they may have, discount. They may have. In and bulk. just <laughs> just in case you thought that was enough. He overlaid also the house, the beams, the threshold, and the walls of it, and the doors of it with gold. Uh-huh. And, engraved, uh-huh. and engraved cherubim on the walls. Okay. Okay. So we got palm trees and chains on the ceiling, and then cherubim on the walls, all solid, like plated in gold, right? Not solid gold, but you know, all plated in gold. He made the most holy house. The length of it, according to the breadth of the house, was 20 cubits, and the breadth of it, 20 cubits. I see. The length of it, according to the breadth of the house, was 20, and the breadth of it, 20. Mm-hmm. And he overlaid it with fine gold, obviously, amounting to 600 talents. It's a lot of gold. So much. The weight of the nails was 50 shekels of gold. It's golden nails. I don't wow. think that would make good nails. No, I wouldn't think so. Yeah, it's, it's too soft. Yeah, exactly. Too soft. He overlaid the upper chambers with gold. Uh-huh. In the most holy house, he made two cherubim of image work, and they overlaid them with gold. <laughs> the wings of the cherubim were 20 cubits long. That's massive. That's, those are some long-ass wings. This is yeah. on top of this house? On top of this structure? Where are they? That's unclear. He made two cherubim of image work, is what it says here. Okay. Let's see if Eugene clarifies it all. I think that means they're like sculptures. Yeah, sculptures. According to Eugene, two sculptures of cherubim, gigantic mm-hmm. angel-like figures. Whoa. Both veneered with gold. See, here's the thing. The combined wing spread was 20 cubits or 30 feet. <laughs> they're combined wing spread. Okay. Oh, goodness. What I was going to say is, I feel like back in the day when we got the first time around getting the description of this, I remember consulting YouTube videos of people's uh-huh. oh, yeah. you know, yeah. renderings of Solomon's temple, and it still didn't stick in my brain. <laughs> really? Um, I guess, yeah. It's a lot. It's pretty, it's a lot. Oh, right. Because we also, I think the ones we did the diagrams about were the ones that um, Isaiah had the visions of C-3PO showing him oh, about. Oh, I forgot about that. Wait, that's the one that like we did? Like rebuilding the temple. This is the, the first version. I, There's I, been a lot of Ikea instructions in this book. I don't know yeah. if you remember that, but this goes all the way back to like building the tabernacle in the desert where oh, we were yeah. reading for several weeks just Ikea instructions. God. Yeah. I don't, Dedeker, it all runs together at the end of the day. Yes, I know. <laughs> that's the point I'm trying to make. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. So the wings of the cherubim were 20 cubits long. The wing of one cherubim was five cubits reaching to the wall of the house and the other wing was likewise five cubits reaching to the wing of the other cherub. So in total, 20 cubits. The wing of the other cherub was five cubits reaching to the wall of the house and the other wing was five cubits also joining to the wing of the other cherub. The wings of these cherubim spread themselves forth 20 cubits and they stood on their feet and their faces were toward the house. He made the veil of blue and purple and crimson and fine linen and worked cherubim thereon. That's funny because that's kind of like that song from the Jacob, Jacob song, yes. Yeah, Jacob, Jacob and Sons. Jacob and Sons, the musical. <laughs> that, <yes>. Correct. <laughs> that's basically what it is. Okay. I know it's true. Also, he made before the house two pillars of 35 cubits high, and the capital that was on top of each of them was five cubits. He made chains in the oracle and put them on the tops of the pillars. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. And he made 100 pomegranates and put them on the chains. Yeah, I remember that. Or I remember the pomegranates like existing. I remember pomegranates because I remember going back again to the tabernacle like, in the desert. What? 
them being very specific of like, this is the order you need to do it in. A bell, yeah. a pomegranate, yeah. a bell, a pomegranate. So I remember pomegranates being important. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked up Eugene and he doesn't have any clarification. It's just like, yep, chains with pomegranates on it. You got it. <laughs> cool, got it, got it. He set up the pillars before the temple, one on the right hand and the other on the left, and called the name of that on the right hand, Jackin. What? And the name of that on the left, Boaz. So he named the pillars. That's cute. Yeah, and that's the end of the chapter. Okay. I'm going to name you Jacob and you Jackin and you Boaz. Yes. I wonder how long it it took to get all this together because it sounds incredibly elaborate. Mm. And yeah, it would just take a long time. No? Well, but if you don't have freaking social media... You can get a lot done. ...to distract you. Got it. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of things. Other than be like, I'm going to sit and space out and think about what I want to name these two pillars. Okay. I mean, touche. Sure. Wow, we did it. (laughs) We did it. I mean, we have another another chapter and then a Mm -hmm. psalm, but we did the first part of this episode. Good job. Right. Before we get to that chapter and some Proverbs, not Psalms, Emily. Sorry. Whoops. Proverbs. Eventually, eventually you'll learn some Proverbs. This week's Proverbs are also beginning the part of Proverbs that are supposedly written by King Solomon. So it's perfect timing. Wow. All Michael B. Jordan all the time in this episode here. But before we get to that, we're going to take a quick break to talk about how you can spread the word about this show. And I mean, the best thing you can do is just tell people about it, right? Post about it online, tell your friends, bring them to listening parties. And if you're able to make it to the live shows, they're super fun. We would love to have you here. You'll get to you know, see the episode basically a week before anybody else. And you'll see all of the terrible, embarrassing mistakes that we make <laughs> along the way. <Yay>. And, <laughs> and aside from that, if you're able to support this show financially, we do have a Patreon at patreon.com slash drunkbiblestudy. And there, as a thank you, we have things like uh, early releases of episodes. So even if you can't catch them live, you can still get them a couple days before anyone else. So you can be the coolest kid in your drunk Bible study, Bible study group. God, are there drunk Bible study, Bible study groups out there? If there are, then you should be listening to the show with us. Yeah, please, please let us know because that's my dream come true. Uh, So yes, thank you everybody. We would really appreciate your support. Uh, Early releases of episodes, personal toasts on the show, uh, Emily's drink recipes, and, and our undying affection. So thank you all so much. And we're back. We're back. Hmm. We're back. And <laughs> we're going to keep on keeping on in reading this book. Yeah. This the second of Chronicles, chapter four. Moreover, he made an altar of brass, hmm. 20 cubits the length of it, and 20 cubits the breadth of it, and 10 cubits the height of it. Also, he made... The molten sea. We're back to the sea. Oh, yes. Cool. Yeah. He made the the molten sea of 10 cubits from brim to brim, round in compass. Mm. And the height of it was five cubits. And a line of 30 cubits compassed it round about. Under it was the likeness of oxen, which (laughs) did compass it round about for 10 cubits, compassing the sea round about. So I'm reading the message here. Um, what is it saying? He's being weirdly wishy-washy <laughs> for the message. In what way? He says, just under the rim, there were two parallel bands of something like bulls. What? What? <laughs> oh. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird. Something Why would you, like bulls. Something like bulls. Something like bulls. Like yeah. a like a bull, not a bull, but like a raw bull or. Is it because the Hebrew word is ambiguous? No one knows. Maybe. I mean, you're the one you read said something about oxen. It says oxen, in, yes. In the semblance of oxen or no, well, it says in the likeness of oxen, but yeah. usually when they say in the likeness of, it's just like it It looks it, like it, it yeah. looks like it. Yeah. Something like a bull. I don't know. Okay. Okay. The oxen were in two rows, cast when it was cast. <laughs> It stood on <laughs> it stood on 12 oxen. Right, because their butts are together. Three looking toward the north, mm. three looking toward the west, three looking toward the south, 
and three looking toward the east. I'm sorry. So this is just okay, this a, re- is a detail we didn't get. Oh, what now? I was gonna. I was about to say this is just a recap, but. What's the detail that we didn't get, Jess? Well, either we forgot about it or we didn't. But those, the bands of something like bulls were like engraved on it and were one piece of it. But then uh-huh. there's also these bulls or oxen under it supporting it. No, I think we knew that. We knew that. At least that was I in I didn't my, know that it was around the rim. That was always in my mental image of it. So I think we did get that there's information. There's little bulls on the, just like little ones around the rim and then the big ones underneath. Yeah. I don't know, but I like you demonstrating to me what a bull is by <laughs> doing little horns. Doing yeah. Little I horns, love it. You're like yeah. bulls around the rim. Because I, I got yeah. confused. Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that, but I probably just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the sea, the sea was set on them above, right? And all their hinder parts were inward. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Okay. Hinder so parts. Because they actually said it in this book <laughs> called the Bible. You mean my hinder parts? We had to be clear. Their butts are facing each other. Hinder yep. parts. Got it. What does Eugene say for hinder parts? What does it say in the message? Yeah, let's see. All the bulls faced outward and supported the sea on their hindquarters. Hindquarters. So mm. he doesn't he doesn't specify that all their butts faced each other. Mm. He doesn't want to say the word butt. Do you think the yeah. word butt shows up anywhere in the message? Doubt it. I yeah, I doubt it. I'm trying to think what would be the easiest way search. to search that. Uh, you know what? I know a good way to search that. How? Uh, you you keep going. I'll I'll let you know in just a moment. <laughs> I'll leave you to your butt quest. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a handbreadth thick, and the brim of it was worked like the brim of a cup. Oh, like the flower of a lily. Mm. It received and held three thousand baths. He made also ten basins, and put five on the right hand and five on the left to wash in them. Such things as belonged to the burnt offering, they washed in them. But the sea was for the priests to wash in. Oh, it's like their own personal swimming pool. Oh. Mm. Fun. They just get all up in there. Okay. He made the ten lampstands of gold according to the ordinance concerning them. And he set them in the temple, five on the right hand and five on the left. Are you ready for your answer about butts? Yeah. What happened with butts, with butt quest? So this has kind of been my go-to this week for any sort of question that I ponder about is I... You just ask ChatGPT. I ask ChatGPT. I don't know if they know, Jace. Check this out. I asked ChatGPT, is the word but ever used in the message translation of the Bible? This is the answer I got. The message translation of the Bible is a dynamic equivalent translation that seeks to convey the meaning of the original text in contemporary idiomatic English. While it's possible that the word but may appear in some modern English translations of the Bible, it is unlikely to appear in the message translation, as the translators generally avoid using slang or informal language. Okay. Upon searching for the word but in the message translation of the Bible, I was unable to find any instances of its use. However, it is possible that there may be instances where a similar word or concept is conveyed using different language. Okay. I actually think that was a pretty good answer. Yeah. Well, it, it was solid. the answer was, I don't know, actually, but maybe. Yes. Yeah. The, the answer was, I don't know, probably not, but maybe. Yeah. But then it said, it, I did a search and didn't find it. So, sure, sure, sure. Just saying. Did it, though? Saying. Did it do the search? He made... Search. That's the part we don't know, yeah. Uh-huh. Could have said, yep, searched that on my invisible Google machine. That, yes, he could have just said that it searched it, You can't right? tell. Well, it's a bit, it's, <laughs> Bing now has chat GPT. Uh-huh. And Neva. Everyone's got chat GPT all up in them. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's got it. Okay. Yeah. He made also 10 tables and placed them in the temple, five on the right side and five on the left. Mm-hmm. He made 100 basins of gold. Furthermore, he made the court of the priests and the great court and doors for the court and overlaid the doors of them with brass. He set the sea on the right side of the house eastward, toward the south. Those are two different directions. (laughs) Yeah, like, wait. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's almost as if this was generated by ChatGPT. Yeah, Yeah. almost Uh like it was generated by something that Uh didn't really know what it was talking about. (laughs) Purim made the pots and the shovels and the basins, <laughs> the you know, the, the pots and the shovels, those <laughs> things that are, you got to have in a temple to God. Wow. So Huram made an end of doing the work that he did for King Solomon in the house of God. The two pillars and the bowls and the two capitals, which were on the top of the pillars, 
and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the top of the pillars, <laughs> and the 400 pomegranates for the two networks. Uh, wow. Yes, yes. Two rows of pomegranates for each network to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the pillars. Oh, I see. Net, net work. Net work. As in like yes. netting. Netting. Yeah, like netting, yes. I see. Yes. Yeah. The original network. Yes. The original network. I feel like we stumbled into like a, an invoice. Oh, that would, would make sense. I would what? believe he, that. Oh. Like, like this is like an invoice for services rendered. Yeah. Right. That's how they assembled this. This is what that contractor that they hired from yes. the other kingdom put together. Yeah. It was like, this is this is what I'm billing you for. Um, uh-huh. At an hourly rate of some number of shekels per hour. <laughs> He made also the bases and the basins, made he on the bases, one C and the 12 oxen under it. This is an invoice. <laughs> this is an <laughs> itemized invoice. That's great. I lo- why would they put that into this book? <sighs> just for just to make sure that everybody knows, okay? Because mm-hmm. they're obsessed with business transactions. They're yeah. like, we gotta, we mm. gotta keep, get the records straight. Yes, Do you think true. he ever got paid for this invoice? I hope he got paid for it. I hope he did. The pots also, and the shovels, and the flesh hooks, and all the vessels of it, did Huram his father make for King Solomon, for the house of Yahweh, of bright brass. Mm. In the plain of Jordan did the king cast them, in the clay ground between Succoth and Zerida. Thus Solomon made all these vessels in great abundance, for mm. the weight of the brass could not be found out. Mm, I see. <laughs> That's so... The contractor mm. kind of realized, whoops, we forgot to weigh these as part of our invoice. Um, it was not possible. There was so much, though. There's so much. So much. We're going to have to just kind of agree on a flat awkward. rate here, yeah. Yeah. on a market rate, within uh. 10% margin of error. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Solomon made all the vessels that were in the house of God, the golden altar also, and the tables whereon was the showbread, and the lampstands with their lamps to burn according to the ordinance before the oracle of pure gold, and the flowers, and the lamps, and the tongs of gold, mm. and that perfect gold. <laughs> tongs <laughs> of gold. <laughs> and that perfect gold. This what? person just suddenly waxing poetic about gold. That perfect yeah. gold. Gold, gold, gold. And the snuffers, and the basins, and the spoons, and the fire pans <laughs> oh of pure gosh. gold. Where what? Uh, <laughs> the, instead of reading names, we're just going to talk about different like gold. I, I prefer this. I mean, rolls and things like that. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. And as for the entry of the house, mm. the inner doors of it for the most holy place, and the doors of the house to wit of the temple were of gold. Of course, they were. <laughs> so much gold. That's it. Wow. That's it, folks. Wow. 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 We're off to a good start here. With I Solomon. better start than First Chronicles. That's I have true. To say. Oh, way better. <laughs> so much better. Fair. That is entirely fair. Can we? Well, are you ready to move on yes. to learn more about our boy? Heck yes. As we go into the wisdom of the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, the Proverbs of Solomon. The Proverbs of Solomon A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son brings grief to his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. Yahweh will not allow the soul of the righteous to go hungry, but he thrusts away the desire of the wicked. He becomes poor who works with a lazy hand, but the hand of the diligent brings wealth. He who gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a son who causes shame. Okay, hold on. Mm, So this this is more what I thought Proverbs, the book, was going to be, was just bang, Mm. bang, 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 pieces of wisdom dropped on you. And instead, we've gotten 10 chapters up to this point of just slamming ladies. Some woman who's been good or not good. Talking yeah. about prostitutes, yeah. but maybe wisdom is sexy. I don't know. And and this is more what I was expecting. Just boom, boom, boom. This is Solomon just shooting from the hip. 
He's so full of wisdom from Yahweh. Well, maybe this is what you as a young person, this is what you as a young Christian person were told that Proverbs would be and what you remembered it being. Yeah, this is probably what they would actually read to us. They probably wouldn't read to us the whole mm. story about a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. Baby being cool. Yeah, possibly. Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise in heart accepts commandments, but a chattering sorry. fool... Sorry, commandments. <laughs> sorry, oh, man. Commandments. I was like, is that condiments? No, it's not. It's just commandments. <laughs> but a chattering fool will fall. He who walks blamelessly will walk surely, but he who perverts his way will be found out. Hmm. One winking with the eye causes sorrow. <laughs> Wait, but hold on. I don't know what that okay, is. Okay, yeah, sorry. Read the whole thing and let's try yeah, to what's understand What's the whole sentence it. here? One winking with the eye causes sorrow, but a shattering fool will fall. One winking with the know. eye I don't know. causes sorrow, but the chattering fool will fall. And for some reason, that's that's the conjunction we use, but as though it is going to contradict the penitent man will pass. That's kind of is like yes. it's in the same vein. But the a chattering fool, fool will fall. fall. The penitent man will pass, right? The chattering fool will fall. Yeah. What's, uh, <sighs> what does the message have to say? Yeah, I was just looking that up. So the message here says, an evasive eye is a sign of trouble ahead, but an open face-to-face -face meeting results in peace. I don't think that's how that I would translate track. it. That's not, I, I don't think that's at all what they said, Eugene, but yeah, nice try, Eugene. I guess. Yeah. Nice try, Eugene. Okay, here's here's another. Okay. This is from the NIV. This says Invasive eyes like the whispering oh, eye. That's fun. I was thinking your lion eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the NIV has whoever winks maliciously <laughs> causes grief and a chattering fool. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't get over wink maliciously. maliciously. What does that even look like? Is it possible to wink maliciously? Uh, like, <laughs> I'm trying to do it, but you can't. It's impossible. It's like the way that... Like, how would I Dunker, wink in a threatening way? That was pretty good, but you just keep laughing, kind of. <laughs> it's like the way that, like, that real creepy villain might wink in a in a movie or something like that. <laughs> you know? Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm we're, just, attempts. we're just, you know, screwed around. If you at home, way. if you, or anyone, if you figure out a way how to wink in an evil way, in a scary way, let us know. Take mm -hmm. a video. Yeah, that's good. It's funny. So I just did a Google search for uh, malicious winking to see if uh -huh. I could find any examples. To ask ChatGPT. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe I'll ask Dolly or something. Like, draw there me a picture go. of a malicious yeah, wink. Yeah, ask Dolly, exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, no, what's funny, though, is that the links are all from Proverbs and Psalms. It's kind of the only place where people wink maliciously. So no one knows. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't know. Nobody knows. The mouth of the righteous is a spring of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all wrongs. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has discernment, but a rod is for the back of him who is void of understanding. Huh. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near ruin. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. I'm sorry, the destruction of the poor is their poverty? Yes, correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, poor, I mean, correct. poor yeah. does you in because you're poor. Correct. Freaking totology. <laughs> Dedeker's like, <laughs> F this book. Anyways, I, I don't, yeah, yeah, sorry, I don't know. This, the malicious winking, I'm skeptical. The labor of the righteous leads to life. The increase of the wicked leads to sin. He is in the way of life who heeds correction, but he who forsakes reproof leads others astray. He who hides hatred has lying lips. He who utters a slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, there is no lack of disobedience, but he who restrains his lips does wisely. The tongue of the righteous is like choice silver. Choice. The heart of the wicked is of little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but the foolish die for lack of understanding. Yahweh's blessings bring wealth, and he adds no trouble to it. It is a fool's pleasure to do wickedness, but wisdom is a man of understanding's pleasure. 
What the wicked fear will overtake them, but the desire of the righteous will be granted. Okay, hang, so oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can you just uh-huh. like slow slow down for a moment? What? There's, There's a too lot. Much wisdom I'm trying to once. get through it. Okay. No, I know Emily, but that's uh, not no. That's not the approach here. This is this is Solomon. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm I am wondering though. Because the, the the previous ones kind of told a story, right? But these are like little one-offs. It's just like bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. Give me all the wisdom. Right. You cross-stitch this, put it up on your wall. Throw this up on some, you know, stock imagery of a waterfall or something. There it is, right? How many freaking chapters has Solomon written here? Oh, yeah. So it's going to be chapter 10, this one, uh-huh. through 22. Whoa. So, Whoa. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep, That's a lot. so much wisdom. God gave him so much wisdom. <laughs> You're right. I, I'm That's... skeptical about some of this wisdom. Saying the poor suck because they're poor, or the reason their lives, the lives of the poor suck is because they're poor. Just like, come on. Yeah, I mean, he needs to like do a little bit better than that. Like, let's try to like fix that. Maybe I don't know. You know, whatever. Mm. Anyways, I find myself just wondering if these are more beautiful or poetic in Hebrew. Oh, maybe. Yeah. The translation. Yeah. Like we have a lot of cultural wisdom that's in itself, I guess, sure, you're like, okay, yeah, sure. But it's not that interesting, right? Like, yeah. but if it rhymes or if it has a nice flow to it, then we're like, oh yeah, stitch in time saves nine or something like that. That's like, that's a weird sentence to say actually, but because it rhymes, we're okay with it. I just like to think that these must be that way in Hebrew, right? So Josh and I are playing Doki Doki Literature Club, which maybe the two of you have played. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I haven't played, but I'm familiar with it. Yes. And there was a part where they were talking about squid and then they were laughing because they were like, it's like your name, Monica. And maybe you know this, Mon- but they're... Ika. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yes. then they were like, yeah. oh, it doesn't translate. And they literally wrote it out. It's like, it doesn't translate to English because the game is in English. But sure, in, sure. I'm assuming in Japanese, it did translate. Yeah. Ika is... Yeah, yeah. Ika is yeah. squid. There you That's go. Fun. That's why. That's I knew fun. Denneker yeah. would know. So I had to ask her yeah. on the show. Well, you know. Okay, we're going to keep going. I'm very wise. Is I why. know you are, Denneker. <laughs> All right, we're going to keep mm-hmm, going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're almost done. When the whirlwind passes, the wicked is no more, but the righteous stand firm forever. As vinegar to the teeth, as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to those who send him. Now, hang on. I want to I want to understand that one. Okay. As um, vinegar to the teeth, <laughs> as smoke to the I'm eyes. I'm assuming it like hurts the teeth or like gets rid of the teeth. It gets rid of the like, teeth. Like <laughs> meaning like it disintegrates the teeth. <laughs> And the smoke to the eyes, it like is like, ow. Yeah. I guess irritating. Irritating. irritating sure. I guess you okay. drink. I mean, I could drink vinegar straight. Honestly, I love that shit. But I think to most people, it's like, mm-hmm. ew. Kombucha. Okay. Apple cider. Sure, sure, sure. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. The fear of Yahweh prolongs days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The prospect of the righteous is joy, but the hope of the wicked will perish. The way of Yahweh is a stronghold to the upright, but it is a destruction to the workers of iniquity. The righteous will never be removed, but the wicked will not dwell in the land. The mouth of the righteous produces wisdom, but the perverse tongue will be cut off. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked is perverse. Okay, chill. I'm sorry, but like, calm down. Wow. Yeah, what a what a change in style. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah. So from from our Proverbs reading plan, which is where I've been referencing as we go through this. Yeah, what are we, yeah. This one, it says that specifically today's chapter starts the second main section of the book of Proverbs. I think there's five sections in Proverbs. Oh, God, it's a long freaking book. So the first nine chapters are about the foundation of wisdom. All about ladies. And those were all kind of those long stories, all about ladies being personified, or like things being personified as ladies. Uh, and then this section, which is chapters 10 to 22, according to this, may actually be the type of proverb that you're more familiar with. So like you said, Decker, you're like, this <laughs> is kind of what I thought the whole thing was. Uh, so each verse is an independent thought, not necessarily contextually reliant upon the others. Exactly. Essentially, they're just pithy statements showing some sort of practical outlook about wiser, foolish life in everyday situations. Question. And it's like, yeah, sure. Ten. Yes. Is Proverbs in the Old Testament? 
Yes. Yes. So we're actually not going to finish the Old Testament in time for Hot Christ Summer. Well, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, the main content of the Old Testament. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you're correct though, Emily. We do have to figure out kind of how we're going to manage that as we get into the New Testament. Do we mm-hmm. like take a break after this to just plow through the rest of Proverbs <gasps> before we go on? Do we read them in conjunction? I don't know. I'm not sure what makes the most sense. So everyone at home, vote on your phones. Daniel says... Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll decide. Daniel says read two chapters of Proverbs per week. It might catch us up. Potentially, we could do that. Sometimes they run a little long, but we could do that. It could catch us up. I just, I have a bone to pick with Solomon. Okay. I mentioned a tautology earlier. And I, I, here's the deal. I used to be a logic and critical thinking tutor in college. Mm-hmm. And a common logical fallacy is what's known as begging the question, which is, you know, we define a term by just kind of restating that same term in different words. And I feel like this happens a lot in Proverbs where it's like, it's good to be wise because then you understand things. (laughs) And I'm like, you didn't tell me literally jack shit about how to be wise (laughs) or what I should do, you know? And I feel like this one was a lot of that was just like, fools are dumb. And wise people are cool. Yeah. (laughs) There's your wisdom for the day. I mean, (laughs) maybe the wisdom was just Solomon believing that he was wise. Maybe God was just like, you're wise. But he actually didn't like give him anything Mm -hmm. in reality. And Solomon's just like, wow, look at me. I'm wise. And he just would like throw shit out. But it wasn't actually anything really of value, truly. Yeah. But, you know, Hmm. men just believe in themselves and then they get things. It's true. Men men just get told you're smart and you know things and then they they just act like they're smart and they know things. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now it all makes sense. That makes more sense than what I just read. Yeah. Great, great. Is there anything you needed me to ask ChatGPT to help clarify? Uh, uh, What is wisdom? Or how, you oh, know, yeah. no, no, don't ask it what okay. wisdom yeah. is because then we're just going to get a boring ass dictionary definition. Yeah, yeah. How can we be more wise? Oh, love that. That's what I want to know. Love that for us. Okay. How can we be more wise? Becoming more wise is a lifelong pursuit. Okay. But here are some tips that can help. Number oh, one. Thanks. It's <laughs> a numbered list. This is great. Number one, read and learn. One of the best ways to gain wisdom is by reading books and other materials. That's what reading we're doing. exposes you to different yeah. perspectives and ideas and can help you develop critical thinking skills. Two, seek out mentors. Mm. Look for people you admire and respect and seek their guidance and advice. Three, practice self-reflection. Take time to reflect on your thoughts, feelings, and experiences. Number four, learn from mistakes. We all Mm. make mistakes, but it's how we respond to them that matters. We're learning from this mistake right now for the past five years. (laughs) It's not a mistake, Dunniger. Into the future. (laughs) I mean, maybe it is. But reflect on what went wrong and what you can do differently in the future. <laughs> Number five, practice humility. Recognize that you don't have all the answers and be open to learning from others. Number six, develop emotional intelligence. Love that. Emotional intelligence involves being aware of your own emotions and those of others and being able to manage and regulate them effectively. Shit, we should use this for our other podcast. <laughs> no. And finally, number seven, be curious. Approach the world with a sense of wonder and curiosity. Ask questions, explore new ideas, and seek out new experiences. Curiosity is an essential ingredient for lifelong learning and personal growth. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> thanks. Cool. Well, thanks, ChatGPT. I'll be honest, I did tune out a little bit in the middle of that because I don't think there was any like unique advice in there. No, but it was unique. still more coherent advice than Proverbs. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is <laughs> true. interesting. So people, you know, get really caught up on on things like, um, you know, how do we measure if an AI can actually emulate human levels of intelligence? And maybe a different bar would be, can it write more coherent sentences than the World English Bible? I think we passed Ooh, that long ago. We did. Mm, we yeah. did, for sure. The answer is for yes. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. it can. Boy, oh boy. Awkward. All right. <laughs> okay, well, kids. We're plowing on uh, until hot Jesus summer. So <laughs> get ready, everyone. We got to get through the spring. 
Thank you all for joining us for Bible study today. If you want to join the audience in our live stream shows, follow us on Twitch at Drunk Bible Study or go to drunkbiblestudy.com slash live. If you want even more Drunk Bible Study, including early releases, cocktail recipes, personal toasts on the show, and more, become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash drunkbiblestudy. If you enjoy the show, take a moment to subscribe and write us a nice review on iTunes, letting other people know what you like about it. You can also join fellow listeners in the Drunk Bible Study Fans and Fellowship Facebook group or on our Discord server at discord.drunkbiblestudy.com. Find us on Twitter at Drunk Bible Cast, on Instagram at Drunk Bible Study, or send us an email to info at drunkbiblestudy.com. Drunk Bible Study is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Dedeker Winston, and me, Emily Matlack. Our theme song is Book Club by Josh and Anand from their album, Home of the The The. For more information, visit us at drunkbiblestudy.com. I made a memory about your dad.